1929, in Civilization and Its Discontents, Freud elucidated the conundrum of the civilized, quote, men are beginning to perceive that all this newly won power over space and time, this conquest of the forces of nature, this fulfillment of old age, and rather age-old longings, has not increased the amount of pleasure they can obtain in life, has not made them feel any happier, unquote. In the 1920s, when Freud wrote those words, anthropology, sociology, and psychology were all in their infancy, and thus it was very difficult to have any data-based sense of whether our species had lost a sense of well-being, or if we'd ever felt it at all, other than as a distant memory of infancy, perhaps. But in the decades since Freud, accumulating evidence has shown that foragers almost never join civilization willingly. And they flee it as rapidly as they can, even when it means flying into the harshest environments on the planet. The NPP holds that agriculture began in the Fertile Crescent and spread with the speed of a life-enhancing innovation. In fact, agriculture arose independently in at least eight different parts of the world over about 5,000 years, from roughly 12,000 to 7,000 years ago. In addition to the Fertile Crescent, archaeologists have identified evidence of a transition from foraging to farming at sites in the north and south of China, the Andes, central Mexico, New Guinea, Egypt, Mississippi Valley, and West Africa. There is no evidence that agriculture spread to any of these places from the Fertile Crescent. Rather, it appears that similar consequences, rather sequences of climatic changes, triggered the shift to farming. While agriculture arose independently and variously, its effects on people's lives were overwhelming and universal. Agriculture was far more than just a way of getting food. It shaped practically every element of human societies, male-to-female relations, childcare, government, class system, militarism, humans' relations to other animals, and the natural world, and so on. The story changed, and with it, the world. This is crucial, often missed, point about the transition from foraging to farming. The change wasn't merely a pivotal point in how our species lived in the world. It marked a fundamental shift in what kind of world human beings inhabited, both materially and conceptually. It isn't hyper, hyperbole to say that agriculture extracted humans from the world and pitted us against it. Niles Eldridge of the American Museum of Natural History has written that the shift to agriculture and resulting civilization removed our species from the relation with the natural world that we had, until then, shared with every other species since life began. Quote, We abruptly stepped out of the local ecosystem. Our interests no longer dovetailed with those of the natural world around us. Adopting agriculture was tantamount to declaring war on local ecosystems. 
But how did our species go from being a participant in flow with the natural world to where we are now, hanging on for dear life as we float ever further from an integrated, sustainable relationship? It seems that things got very good before getting very bad, a common, if disastrous, sequence of events, as any gambler or junkie will attest. Until about 15,000 years ago, the planet was climactically unstable, polarized scats spreading and contracting, sea levels rising and falling, extreme climactic fluctuations and sudden shifts in ocean currents. In that, at that point, a massive sheet of ice covered much of the northern massive sheet of ice covered much of the northern hemisphere. All of Scandinavia, North, northern Germany, and much of Britain was frozen solid. Sea levels were about 90 meters lower than they are today due to all that water being stored in ice. Ice core samples taken in Greenland reveal a dramatic shift from those from these cold, dry, unstable conditions to a new period of markedly warmer temperatures and increased rainfall that lasted a few thousand years. Plenty of time for people to get used to the surplus food and for population levels to reach the higher carrying capacity of this wetter, warmer world. Ice sheets retreated, temperatures went up, rains came down, plants bloomed, and animals reproduced. A long summer had begun. In 2001, Peter Richardson, Robert Boyd, and Robert Bedinger published a powerfully argued paper called Was Agriculture Impossible During the Pleistocene But Mandatory During the Holocene? A Climate Change Hypothesis. Unquote. Conditions were so good, they argue, that some foraging societies in the Fertile Crescent area began to shift towards something like agriculture before anyone actually started farming. Evidence of small settlements dating as far back as 15,000 years ago has been found in the area that today stretches from southwest Turkey down through Syria, Lebanon, Jordan, Israel, and the Palestinian territories. Known as Tafunian Natufian villages, these settlements appear to have held as many as a few hundred foragers each. Archaeologists have uncovered signs of settled villages around rich and reliable food sources and evidence of more elaborate spiritual practices, which suggest more hierarchical social organization and probably more organized conflict between groups. Thus, some of the ills generally associated with agriculture may have risen before farming itself in some areas. We find something similar to these social patterns in so-called complex hunter-gatherers, such as the tribes native to the Pacific Northwest region, region of North America. Seasonal salmon runs, seal hunts, and whale hunting provide, provided something like a harvest, and by smoking the, smoking the surplus meat, the Tlingit, Haida, Coast Salish, Chinook, and others could have could save stockpiles of food for later. Whatever its provenance, accumulated wealth almost always generated political hierarchies, increasingly complex rituals and artistic creation, raiding and warfare and enslavement.
a few miles north of the town of Urfa, in the Anatolia region of Turkey, lie the extraordinary ruins of Gobekli Tepe, probably built about 12,000 years ago. Gobekli Tepe was already over 6,000 years old when the Great Pyramid was being built, and it is the most ancient megalithic complex ever discovered by a long shot. Until the discovery and carbon dating of Gobekli Tepe, the oldest megalithic site known was an island of Malta, estimated to have been built around 5,500 years ago. The ruins in Turkey contain more than 60 T-shaped limestone pillars, each weighing several tons. Most of the pillars are engraved with bas reliefs of dangerous animals like scorpions, snakes, boars, and lions. But perhaps the most striking feature of Gobekli Tepe is what it doesn't contain. There are no signs of human habitation, no houses, no fire pits, no remains of domesticated animal or plants. Since nobody lived there, it stands to reason this temple was built for foragers by foragers before agriculture took hold in the origins in the area. This line of thinking upends established ideas about foragers and the origins of formal religion in that it sees organized religion proceeding and eventually necessitating agriculture. Klaus Schmidt, the German archaeologist who discovered the site and led its excavation from 1989 until his death in 2014, promoted this view. Quote, Gobekli Tepe is not a house or a domestic building, he said. Evidence of each, rather any, domestic use is entirely nearby that leaves us no power power to reign. The gods came first. Going back. The leaves of one purpose religion, Gobekli Tepe, is the oldest temple in the world, and it isn't just a temple. I think it is probably a funeral, funerary complex. Complex. Unquote. Schmidt believed ancient Gehunters brought their dead to Gobekli Tepe, where they were picked clean by vultures and other animals, much like the sky burials, still practiced in Tibet. Schmidt, himself a Catholic, was convinced that it was the urge of worship together that brought people into the first stable settlements. The construction and maintenance of ambitious temples like Gobekli Tepe, he believed, necessitated the development of agriculture as a way to feed the teams of workers and keep the workers moving forward. The gods came first in smidged view, and they determined the rest. Until the discovery of carbon dating of Gobekli Tepe, the oldest megalithic site known was an island of Malta, estimated to have been built around 50,000 years ago.
Schmidt himself, a Catholic, was convinced that it was the urge to worship together that brought people into the first stable settlements. The construction and maintenance of ambitious temples like Gobekli Tepe, he believed, necessitated the development of agriculture as a way to feed the teams of workers and keep the work moving forward. The gods came first, in Smith's view, and they demanded the rest. Possibly. But the climate-based argument articulated by Richardson, Boyd, and Bettinger seems more convincing, making Gobekli Tepe less a, tr- a trigger of agriculture than an incanta- indication that the culture raw ground was fertile for such an investment. In any case, the people who built Gobekli Tepe certainly had plenty of reason to feel grateful. They were living in a nearly ideal environment. The dry and barren hills that now stretched off in every direction looked very different 12,000 years ago. Food was everywhere. Grasslands with two kinds of wild rye and iron corn, wheat, carpeted the hills. Interspersed throughout the meadows and grasslands were forests of oak and pistachio and other not-bearing trees. Gazelle ranged the area, and two local people have harvested them in mass, especially entire taking entire herds at once, rather than rather than aurochs, the wild ancestor of domesticated cattle, were plentiful and often weighed up to two thousand pounds each. Smidged had described the area as having been a paradise man. Schmidt had described the area as having been a paradisiacal, paradisiacal place it must have been to have supplied enough food to maintain the people who worked to build such a temple. They were having big parties, Schmidt told journalist Elif Batman, possibly including beer and other stronger consciousness-altering substances.